In today's Live Treasured podcast, when hope reigns over the past of abuse to create something beautiful. Treasured Tribe. I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Live Treasured podcast, where we believe that God's Word can transform your life one beautiful, bold, brave step of faith at a time. And today, I have with me founder and CEO of Hope Reigns, Kim Charette. Kim, welcome to the Live Treasured podcast. Thank you so much, Eileen. It is my pleasure to be here. Well, we are so glad to have you. I am so excited to share your story uh, and your ministry with our audience. And inside of Raleigh, uh, we have this awesome nonprofit that you have created that pairs children in crisis with rescued horses to help them find hope and healing uh, through through the Lord, um, yes. and it is amazing the stories mm. that come from this ministry. And so, mm. I want to talk uh, today about how God called you into this ministry and how He uses uh, the very things in our life that the enemy meant for destruction for yep. His dream and and for His glory. And so, um, so why why don't we begin? Can you share with our audience a little bit about your story and and your past and how that prepared you for your God-given purpose? Yeah, absolutely. I sure will. Um, well, I was one of those people that grew up, um, upper middle class. I grew up in Ohio, um, and everything looked really great on the outside. Uh, my dad was a very successful businessman. Um, we had a beautiful home, vacations, you know, from the outside, everything just looked like we were the perfect family. But what people didn't know is on the inside, my home was uh, quite a bit of a nightmare. Um, my father was an alcoholic and very abusive, and I have no memories as a little girl of ever feeling safe in my home. Mm. And for those people who um, live around uh, addiction, they know that it's very hidden and it's very shameful. Mm-hmm. And it was something we never talked about. Um, mm-hmm. So imagine as a child growing up, knowing that there's all this chaos and this anger and just, you know, all this going on, but nobody ever talked about it. And so it was a really, really challenging. And my parents, we didn't have a faith uh, at that time. We didn't go to church and, and nobody ever knew. I never talked to anybody about it, but God brought me um, this horse. uh, And and I had a horse and his name was country. And I would go to the barn and that was my safe place and my comfort. And I just have so many vivid memories of sitting in his stall or taking him out to graze. And just, he was really the only thing that I ever shared my secret with of what was happening in my life. And so I know what it's like to be comforted by a horse uh, in the middle of, of trauma and crisis. And I set out on a path to, I have an older brother and sister that kind of went 
went one direction with their trauma. And with my trauma, I tried to please my dad. I wanted to perform and please because I Mm -hmm. desperately wanted him to love me. Mm -hmm. So I embarked on having a successful career as well in business, which is what he wanted me to do. Uh, And of course, never got that love or attention. And um, just many, many years of of working um, after I had my kids, uh, I felt so empty for so long and I was searching for something and I didn't know it was Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finally, when we moved here, my husband and I moved here from uh, upper Midwest uh, is when I heard the gospel. And it was just like the moment uh, where everything changed for me. Mm-hmm. And when you when you were growing up, I want to go back to the performance and the pleasing, um, Mm -hmm. that was certainly my coping mechanism as well. And we talk about that a lot inside of treasured ministries. It can be a very deceptive way to cope because the world backs that, right? Like when you have this successful career and even being a good mom and all of those sorts of things, it, it can back that. So it can be very deceptive, but I love what you said that you always knew that there was a hole, there was something oh, missing, yeah. a, a oh, gap, yeah. and, and a void. What yeah. was it about the gospel message that that where you just instinctively knew that this this was the answer? Yeah, um, I think for me, because again, I yes, I I performed, but let me be really honest too. I mean, I filled my life with bad relationships with men. I mean, I it, I just there were there were things that I did that really hurt me, um, you know, to my core. And I think for me, the gospel um, was so much uh, about me not having to do anything. I didn't have to perform. I didn't have to give myself away. I didn't have to give something of myself that, um, you know, that I didn't want to, I don't know if that makes any sense. You know, I spent so much of my time, like, like just giving so much of myself away and just being sucked dry. Um, and so I think it was just, and that concept of a father that really loves you just because he created you and, and loved you. Right. And, and he wants to give something for you, um, because you are valued, because you are treasured, because you are loved, which was so foreign to me. Uh, And it's been, it's been my biggest struggle as a believer still today. You know, I still struggle, you know, with, uh, with that father wound, but yeah, that, that was really the big thing for me was, and I, I think when you, it's kind of like our families that we serve when you're so desperate, right. Uh, and you have nothing else. Um, it's just, it's everything. Yeah, yeah, I can I can completely um, relate to what you're saying on on many levels. Just that wanting that father and the fact that this was love that you didn't have to earn. Um, yes, it's almost so hard to believe. I also want to highlight something that you just said for our audience. That father wound that you had, you said that you still struggle with it today. I think sometimes women. Um, come to faith, and if they, you know, the the uh, the process of inner healing is intimacy with God, and it lasts for a lifetime. And um, and instead of looking at those struggles as there's something wrong with me or I'm not meeting some standard, flip it and see this struggle keeps me connected uh, to the true Abba Father, right? And oh, just absolutely, in, yeah. Independence upon Him, and yeah. so and so, you began your your walk with the Lord, and mm-hmm. um, and then how did this 
turn into starting Hope Reigns? Yeah, well, I, I'm sure your ladies can relate to this. I always said I will never stay at home with my kids and I will never drive a minivan. And <laughs> guess, guess what happened? Um, because my career at the time was so meaningless. Like once I came to Christ, it was like, what am I doing? You know, I, I, had, uh, I had, you know, a son at that point. I hadn't had my daughter yet. And I, I just wanted to stay home with him. And that's what I did. I, so I quit my career stayed home with my son, um, had my daughter and, um, How you know, old were your was children at this point. Oh, well, when I started Hope Reigns, they were, um, three and five. Okay. So they were really little, Okay, but there was this incubation period after I quit my job where I stayed home and I was just really voracious for the Lord. And I really got into Bible study and mentorship mm-hmm. and, um, God, it's a long story, but I went to this women's retreat where God reminded me about something that I loved in my past that I didn't do anymore, which was horses. And so I kind of embarked on this journey of, okay, God, you, you brought horses back in my, into my life. What does this mean? You know, mm-hmm. I started riding again. I thought maybe I was supposed to buy a horse. And so mm-hmm. it was these years of self-discovery of following what I, I now call following the breadcrumbs, which is mm-hmm. just kind of what I feel like we do in life, right? Mm-hmm. God doesn't give you the whole story. He, he says, follow me, right? And he mm-hmm. puts these little breadcrumbs out that we follow. And um, uh, I ended up finding an organization in Oregon that was doing something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that was the catalyst. And that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, we were in the middle of a recession. And everybody kept saying, you're crazy. This, this can't happen. Businesses are going under. You can't start a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And the very the one thing everybody kept telling me was, you'll never find land. You'll never find land. You know, because here in Raleigh, where are you going to find acreage, right? Right. And, uh, and it's, again, just such a God story. But we ended up going to an Easter egg hunt uh, with, my, with my children uh, to a 70-acre property that a church owned. Uh, and the Holy Spirit just whispered, this is it. Wow. And I, I went in and met with them uh, thinking, I'm just going to share the vision. And I walked out with t- leasing 25 acres, wow. um, you know, right in the middle of, of the heart of North Raleigh. So you can't make it up. It's all the Lord. Right, right. That is, that is truly, truly amazing that you, that the Lord opened up that door for, for the land in, inside of Raleigh. My husband's a builder. So that is really um that is really amazing that he did that. Um, yeah. And so, and so it was about, I, I love this. I love what you just said. It was about following the breadcrumbs yeah, rather than understanding the, the final vision yeah. that God had, but that he um, awakened all of these, you know, your love of horses and your love for the Lord. And he was intertwining all of those pieces to create purpose. Right. Um, and all you had to do was follow the breadcrumbs. And yeah. I, it sounds so simple. We we make it so complicated with <laughs> worry and, you know, and trying trying to get somewhere and do somewhere. But I love that. Yes. I put that on my mirror, Kim, just follow yeah. the breadcrumbs. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, he doesn't want us. That's what our faith comes in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we can't know the whole story. If I knew what Hope Reigns was going to be today when I started in 2009, I would have run for the hills. I, there's no way. I, I couldn't have handled that. So it's really his kindness, right, um, that he he takes us slowly along the process. So. Yeah, yeah. 
That's awesome. So you so you started Hope Reigns, yeah, and then God laid on your heart to minister specifically to children. What were those very first moments of of ministry like? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can. I know. I was. I was there for our first session. I was working with one of our two kids, the very first um, two kids that we work with, July of 2010, and horrific situations for both kids. The little boy I was working with was um, coming out of foster care and um, he and his brothers and sisters, his parents were drug addicts. Um, They had to fight the animals in their house for um, food. It was Mm. just a really, uh, really horrible, horrible situation. Uh, And this family waited for months and months and months for us to open the doors. And, um, you know, there was a lot of fear and trepidation. It's like, do we really know what we're doing? Is this really going to work? And God showed up and the Holy Spirit showed up. And and it was just an amazing, beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. And so then that began the journey with with ministering to to children inside of our area. Um, Yeah. And overwhelmingly, what I see inside of uh, your literature and what you put out is mm-hmm. that Jesus Jesus heals, that he is the healer, that you experience that inside of your own life. Yep. And now you work with children to, to give that to them. Can you explain how you do that through the horse therapy? Yes. Um, people love our horses. We love our horses. It's one of the things that makes us really unique as a ministry. And, um, there's a variety of reasons we use them. They're, um, the way God intuitively made them, they're great therapy partners. They're intuitive with emotion. They're very present in the moment. Um, they're very calming. There's all sorts of studies that show they, they decrease heart rate and, and depression and anxiety and stress and all sorts of things. Um, but we know that horses don't heal people, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus heals people. Mm-hmm. And so where we really start with our kids, the very first time they come to our ranch is we take them on a tour and we introduce them to all the horses. And we use rescued horses specifically because they have a story of overcoming adversity, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really where, that's the bridge that we start with our kids because they're so shut down emotionally. Mm-hmm. And socially, and, and nine times out of 10, it's a person that's hurt them. Right. And so they initially make this connection and bond to the horse's story. Uh, and then we as a mentor get to come along and bond and create a relationship with this child and build safety and trust. Mm-hmm. And that's where we can start sharing um, sharing our faith, right? Mm-hmm. But for the horse to be a picture of hope for the child, we share the starvation or the abuse that the horse went through and how they look really hope-filled now um, mm-hmm. really opens that initial narrative. Mm-hmm. And then um, we pray with our kids. We share um, uh, our, our toolkit of of things that we do in our sessions are all very geared around um, but the Bible, around the gospel, around just the the beauty that the Lord has created out at the ranch. And so there's all sorts of just opportunities that come up for us to be able to share our faith and, and talk about Jesus. Mm. It's really woven into the fabric of what we do, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, yeah. and, 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 I, and then there's four, and just, to, just yeah. one last thing on that, there's four things horses teach us, trust, communication, boundaries, and leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's four, um, four I am statements from God's word that we teach our kids that they matter, um, they have a purpose, um, they're not alone. 
Uh, and oh my gosh, I can't remember the fourth one. I can't believe I can't remember the fourth one. Anyway, there's four of them. And that's really, uh, again, the, where, where our faith comes in and the, and the focus of the healing. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I love how you began with the horse's story, right, of, mm-hmm. of adversity and then leading the trust there and then to the person um, yeah. and then leading them ultimately uh, to to the Lord. What a beautiful, amazing um, yeah. experience. And if you, don't, yeah. if you don't feel safe, you can't trust and you can't heal, right? So safety is the very first thing our kids need to experience out at the ranch. Uh, so that we can build that trusting relationship so that we have the opportunity to share the gospel. Mm, that's so powerful. Now, there's there's one horse. Well, actually, before I talk about Joey, the horse, um, I want to ask questions about children and mental health um, in, in these times. Uh, and you had mentioned some statistics to me about... North Carolina in specific that just, it, Kim, it blew me right out of the water. When you yeah. me what's going on in North Carolina. So can you yeah. share that with our audience? Yeah. So the state of North Carolina, this is before COVID. This is a 2019 statistic ranks in last place in the entire United States for providing mental health services for kids ages six to 18. Mm. And so what that means is there's, there's very little, support available for kids. And for those of us listening, we we probably have insurance and we have needs, right? Mm -hmm. We still have a problem finding somebody. And imagine if you're like 50% of our kids Mm -hmm. that we serve live at or below the poverty line, Mm -hmm. there's no opportunity for them. There's nowhere for them to go. And it's, it's a really sad and challenging thing. And we, the, the other study, um, the secular study that we have from Harvard shows that kids who experience trauma that do not get help become adults that um, have mental health illnesses. They're the homeless, the addicted, the incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a huge societal problem for us that um, nobody is really addressing or talking about. Mm-hmm. And now we layer COVID on top of it, right? We, we've got kids who are already experiencing trauma that are, you know, e- even more so just with the isolation and the loneliness and the fear and everything that COVID has brought into our life. Right. Have you seen an increase in that since... COVID began, have you seen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're, we're definitely seeing, and the suicide rates are skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even here in North Carolina, um, they're just, they're just skyrocketing with mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, have heard, uh, that as well, as far as the, the suicide rates. And so really, um, you know, the, the mental health is an issue just like physical health and, and all those other, uh, things for for children, and what you're saying is is that uh, to catch it early and to help a child can make Absolutely. a huge difference, not just in that child's life, but because that child is going to grow up and be an adult, there will be a ripple effect. Absolutely, um, and and what Harvard found that's so fascinating is it takes one safe adult relationship to have a child um, help them build resiliency, what they call resiliency, which really God calls perseverance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the skills that we teach our kids at Hope Reigns because we're all going to experience hard things in life, right? Yeah. 
they've already experienced something hard. We're going to help them heal from that. But as we, as we send them out, once they're done with sessions, we want them to have good life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I didn't have that, right. I buried everything mm-hmm. and the body, the body doesn't forget. Our bodies don't forget the trauma that we go through mm-hmm. and it is going to come out at some point in your life in some way. Right. 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 And so how do you, I, I know that you have four, you know, the four steps that you lead people through. Um, when you talk about, and I love that you teach boundaries. As somebody who used to be boundaryless, and just yeah. for, I love that yeah. you teach boundaries and it's, it's so biblical. Um, what specifically, how do you equip a young child um, to, to set boundaries? What are some of the things that you teach them? Well, what's really amazing is that horses very naturally teach us about boundaries, right? If you, if you just even observe them in the herd, um, as you build, as we build relationship with our horse and build that connection and that friendship, that horse is going to very clearly, you know, communicate what boundaries look like. And then we have all sorts of um, games that we play and different, um, things that we talk about where we kind of discover if a child really understands what, what are boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For example, a child um, might uh, talk about, uh, you know, the inappropriate relationship somebody had with them, right? And understanding that 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 was that their boundary they that it's okay for them to have a personal boundary because they have value right Mm. and if they're not comfortable with something right like if our horse seems nervous or our horse Mm. seems you know scared then we can kind of parlay that into a tell us a time when you felt uncomfortable that you had to do something you didn't want to or Mm -hmm. does that make sense where we're really trying to kind of bring it back to um, to something that, that they're experiencing and going through, but, you know, really helping them understand that, that they have value and, um, and that uh, it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to say no, right. Yeah. It's okay to, um, to, to want to, um, to, to protect yourself or honor that feeling inside of yourself. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. when I knew when I was a little girl, something's not right. Like I knew something wasn't right. And yet I was never able to voice that. Right, right, yeah. right. That is awesome. Okay, yeah. women inside the treasure tribe, did you hear that? Boundaries are good and, and biblical. And I think yeah. even those lessons um, that you're teaching these children, uh, we, we, we need to hear those today. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and just, you know, put, put all of those things into practice that, that boundaries – are essential to yeah. us keeping, keeping our, uh, our, not keeping our value, but because we are valuable and then also maintaining that, uh, free will so that we can surrender it to God and not yeah. pour it out to, to people that would be <clears throat> un- unsafe inside of our lives. So, yes. um, yep. so I love that. I love that you're giving children that, uh, permission Well, they've got to have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many of them were sexually abused or, you know, they, they didn't have a voice in what Mm -hmm. happened to them. And so Mm -hmm. it's so important, um, that, that you have a voice in your own healing and, and, and what is, what is good and okay in your life. Yeah. I love that. I love that. If there is a woman listening today that has been through, uh, trauma inside of her life and 
she didn't have somebody that came alongside of her when, when she was young, uh, as you know, you were talking about that, that you didn't, what would you say to her today? Mm. Well, I, I would, um, I would encourage her to really lean in and be authentic. Um, I would find um, somebody safe that that she could talk to Mm -hmm. about what she went through. And if she really needs to process, I would encourage um, getting a counselor and getting into therapy. I've had a lot of therapy um, on and off throughout the years. Um, You know, this is all a part of our sanctification process, right? Mm -hmm. This is all a part of of um, how we grow in, in our faith and grow closer to the Lord and, and those things need to be healed. And I'm not saying Jesus can come along and he can heal anything. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to be with a therapist, but, but if you don't really um, admit it, right, and you don't acknowledge it and, and at least lay it before the Lord and say, this was really hard for me. Why did this happen? You know, and have somebody that you can really unpack that with. Um, even just somebody that's going to listen, right? Right. Um, I think that's so important. You've got to bring things into the light. That yeah. that has been my my you know the hardest thing for me is keeping things hidden and shameful, and mm-hmm. so why one of our core values out at Hope Brains is being authentic because I just can't I can't live in anything that's not not yeah. authentic now. Yeah. You know, just because of the way the way I grew up. Right. Right. Like it's yeah. too it's too uh, the the pretending is. Um, it's, it's not okay anymore. It's not okay. And, you know, and I love the church with all my heart and soul, but Mm -hmm. so many times we put this plastic face on Sunday mornings of like, everything's so great. And it's not Mm -hmm. right. And the church admittedly, I've been reading a lot of articles lately, does not do mental health. Well, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't, you know, and, um, and that's, that's something that I think we've really got to work on is, providing people with uh, the support that they need to go through uh, some of these really challenging topics. I agree. I agree. You know, the, uh, the, 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 I I was interviewing Brittany Moses, who is, um, she's instrumental in, in that she wants to bridge this gap and, and help the church to help others with, with mental health. And one of the things that she said to me was that church is the number one place that people will go to when they are struggling um, right. with with mental health and that it is as essential as your physical health and so uh and so we can we need to become educated about our bodies and trauma and and how all that works yes. so that so that we can meet that need there um and and I think too I think sometimes um you know, I love how at Hope Reigns that it's a process that you have. It's not a poof. Here's here's a Bible lesson on Noah and the Ark. Now go yeah. trust. Yeah. You know that it's it's a day by day walk, and I really appreciate too your transparency that telling us that you go to therapy and that you still struggle. And I um, there's many women that I will talk to just in ministry who are so hard on themselves uh, because there's a standard that they haven't reached A, B, and C yet when instead of enjoying the process of of walking with Jesus every day and and in that dependence upon him um, that that the healing happens and continues to happen. Um, And so when when children graduate from your program, um, Mm -hmm. then, then... 
have you um, been able to stay in connection with them? Um, and is there a story that you'd like to share from that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we we have a three-year, five-step pathway that we take kids on to help them go from crisis to resilience. And the last step in our process is called Kids Give Back, which is um, where uh, kids come and develop leadership skills and they start volunteering and they start giving back out of the ranch. Because I think mm-hmm. that's a real sign of healings when I start really giving back to others mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, that I'm on on a good path, mm-hmm. and I will tell you about one of our original Kids Get Back members, um, Ashley, who um, is now 19 years old. But at the time, um, she, when she started with us, uh, I think she was 11 or 12, and she just struggled with debilitating anxiety uh, and OCD uh, as a little girl. And mm-hmm. I mean, her parents had her on like four or five different medications a day. Um, She was Mm -hmm. suicidal. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing was helping her Mm -hmm. uh, until she found her brains and built a relationship with one of our horses, Buddy, uh, and her mentor, uh, which really uh, changed her life. And this little girl with debilitating anxiety actually stood up and spoke at one of our events in front of 300 people and shared her testimony and how she would not be here today. Mm-hmm. if it were not for Hope Brains. Wow. And she helped start our Kids Give Back program and participated in that until she kind of graduated out. But um, mm-hmm. she actually works today. Um, she's going to college and she works today as a vet tech and wants to become a, a veterinarian uh, and is just um, thriving and, and doing uh, just doing remarkably well. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. I love it. The power of hope. And yep. healing through through the Lord Jesus, yeah. um, I want to I want to talk about Joey and mm-hmm. the horse Joey. Can you share uh, a little bit of this story? There's there's a book that Jennifer uh, Bleakley has written called Joey about yep. one of your horses. Can you share about that? Yeah, Joey was one of our original uh, rescued horses who. Um, was blinded from starvation. Um, he has an amazing story. He was uh, an Olympic alternate uh, at one point in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful um, polka dotted Appaloosa horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got a hold of him, uh, he had uh, just been, you know, rescued and, and recovered. And um, Joey uh, really touched the lives of so many people uh, out at our ranch. But there's um, uh, uh, several beautiful stories in there. But the one that's really amazing is a little girl who um, started with us when she was five years old, who's mute from her abuse. She would not speak wow. um, because of her abuse. And she um, loved Joey and, um, and worked with him and, ha- and built this beautiful relationship with him. But she had to learn to speak again, trust mm-hmm. speaking again, because she was working with a horse who couldn't see, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, you, Joe, with Joey, you had to use voice commands. And so um, in the book uh, is this beautiful relationship with the little girl that didn't want to speak, had to learn how to talk again, uh, working with the blind horse. And Joey has um, got, we didn't even know if anybody was going to like the book, but it has sold over 100,000 copies. Um, it, uh, it is just, um, uh, people from all over the country are reading the book and, uh, um, we would love for people to pick it up. You can get it at any bookstore or on Amazon. It's a, a beautiful story kind of about how we got started. Uh, and then, you know, really how, how do horses minister to kids? Right. Right. And how God can use, you know, all, all of these things to, 
to heal. I love it. And and for yeah. our listeners, we're going to put a link um, to the book so that you can you can purchase it if you want to. I've got my copy right here. I haven't read it yet, but I'm so excited. And I love uh, the subtitle. It says, How a Blind Rescue Horse Helped Others Learn to See. Love yeah. that. I just yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, Kim, your ministry is is amazing, and I feel like I'm just getting a glimpse into it. But even in that, um, my husband and I consider it a joy to support what you're doing. Um, and so we are also going to leave the link to the Hope Reigns website if you're interested in finding out more about Hope Reigns, even you know, reading some of their stories is truly inspiring. Um, and you can get connected with the ministry that way. Before mm-hmm. we end our podcast today, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, just know, uh, you know, as we're heading into this um, end of the year, um, we are working right now on um, funding 50 new kids to start in our program. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 50, 50 other Ashleys, there's 50 very desperate kids mm-hmm. out there uh, that need our services and our support. And so we just want to encourage people, if you're considering um, giving at the end of the year, um, just know that uh, that your gift will transform a kid's life and really help them uh, recover from their trauma. And uh, we would sure love to, to have you out to, to visit our ranch and, and learn more about what we do. Uh, and we're just super grateful for the opportunity to, to be able to share about the great work that God's doing. Well, I will certainly be giving to that. And I want to invite our audience to just look and do the same Um, pouring into these children. There's no greater gift. Um, And Jesus loved the children. And so we have the opportunity to do the same. And whenever we do that, God reaches back into our lives and, and we are blessed as well. Thank you so much for sharing your story of Uh, your past of abuse and adversity and how out of the ashes of that, that God built a ministry that is truly beautiful and giving to others so that hope can reign. Thank you, Kim. Mm. Thank you so much, Eileen. It was wonderful to meet you. It was great to have you here on our podcast. Okay, that's it for today. Wasn't that an amazing story? As I said, all the links that we talked about today will be in our podcast description. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.